1: This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Notes on a fairly big patch Tuesday. Honda continues its investigation of the incident it sustained over the weekend. Facebook is said to have developed a Tails Zero Day to help the FBI with a notorious case. Crooks are turning to search engine optimization. IBM and Google Cloud Services recovered quickly from outages. You're unlikely to get rich from a breach settlement. Joe Kerrigan describes free online courses aimed at community college students. Our guest is Dennis Toomey from BAE on how financial institutions need to enact stronger cyber protocols as employees migrate to working from home. And Beltrach says, hey, it was just helping some private eyes. From the CyberWire studios at Datatribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, June 10th, 2020. Yesterday's patch Tuesday was a heavy one. Intel fixed 22 bugs, two of which in its active management technology are rated critical. Bleeping Computer says that Microsoft's patches amounted to the largest set ever, a total of 129 fixes. Krebs on Security assesses three issues with Microsoft's server message block as among the most troubling. Sophos points out that a majority of the issues Microsoft addressed, a whopping 69, involved the risk of escalation of privilege exploitation. Adobe was the other prominent participant in Patch Tuesday. The company fixed problems with FrameMaker, Experience Manager, and Flash Player. Honda continues its investigation of the incident it sustained over the weekend. The Japan Times reports that domestic production has resumed, but that as of yesterday, the company had advised its employees in Tokyo and some other Japanese offices to avoid using Honda's internal network. According to TechCrunch and other outlets, the incident was an attack using the snake strain of ransomware, also called ECANs. Honda tweeted that some of its customer-facing operations were affected. At this time, Honda Customer Service and Honda Financial Services are experiencing technical difficulties and are unavailable, the tweet said, adding, We are working to resolve the issue as quickly as possible. We apologize for the inconvenience and thank you for your patience and understanding. Investigation continues, but Honda has said that as far as it knows, no data were exfiltrated. Motherboard this morning reported that Facebook helped the FBI track down one Buster Hernandez, a man wanted for harassing, threatening, and abusing young girls. The company did so by working with an unidentified security firm to develop a zero-day in Tails, the privacy-focused Tor-using operating system, to give the Bureau the ability to unmask Mr. Hernandez's IP address, a hack that eventually led to his arrest. This is the only known case in which Facebook has provided this kind of assistance. Menlo Park thought the case was too heinous to pass on helping law enforcement. Also factoring in was the company's judgment that providing the assistance posed no threat to privacy and no prospect of use against anyone other than Mr. Hernandez vast describes a criminal campaign that uses search engine optimization tools to draw victims to malicious sites using promises of prizes in general the tactic has been to use the same techniques seo consultants advise their clients to employ to bring their pages to the top all the major search engines are affected google bing yahoo yandex and baidu The operators use fixed code to create the appearance of positive Google product reviews in rich search results, Avast says. Should you follow the link, you'll be taken to a variety of pages that eventually, usually after a show of calculating results to determine a winner, tell the searcher that they, in fact, are the lucky one. The scammers also tune the language to one that fits the visitor's IP address. The examples Avast shares are in German, French, English, or Czech— and the researchers say that the grammar and usage aren't bad. The promises we've noticed have been festooned with images of falling confetti and congratulations on just having done the billionth, or maybe it was the five-billionth, search. We didn't bite, and you shouldn't either. Two major cloud services, IBM's and Google's, suffered outages earlier this week. According to Vice, Google's service went down Sunday afternoon, but was resolved within an hour. IBM underwent its own disruption late yesterday afternoon and had been restored by early evening computing reports. Both of the outages had effects that cascaded into other services. In IBM's case, it affected cloud object storage, AppConnect, Kubernetes service, continuous delivery, identity and access management, VPN for VPC, and Watson AI cloud services. The Google outage affected, among others, Shopify, Snapchat, Discord, and Rocket League game servers. Some of Apple's cloud-based services also felt the effects. These included iCloud Mail, iCloud Drive, and iMessage. The causes of both outages remain under investigation. Neither is thought to be the result of a cyber attack. The lesson that computing draws from the Google incident, and the same could no doubt be said of the IBM case as well, is that the outages show the risk of a growing general dependency on a small number of cloud providers. There might be another lesson worth drawing as well. The outages were relatively swiftly mitigated and resolved, which might indicate the value the automation layer brings. Dennis Toomey is Global Director of Counter-Fraud Analytics at BAE Systems Applied Intelligence. He joins us with insights on how financial institutions need to enact stronger cyber protocols,
0: as employees continue to work from home. I think it's probably important to note that um, during the global lockdowns and the border closures, restrictions on movement and, and the rest of the stuff that's going on um, during the pandemic, we are seeing the ethically challenged or criminally motivated, if you will, individuals or groups who would usually operate in that physical world, they're moving to the online or cyber world, if you will. And since February, of this year, BAE Systems Applied Intelligence Threat Intelligence Team has tracked numerous threat actors across the globe, ramping up their attempts to steal data and secure information from institutions through phishing attempts via email and um, other activities. Some of these attempts made users believe they were receiving the latest information from the CDC, Center for Disease Control or the World Health Organization, but in re- reality they were just attempting to transmit malware, spyware to uncover and prey on the vulnerabilities from a cyber perspective.
1: You know, it's it's been my perception that financial institutions have have often been on the leading edge of things like fraud detection, um, you know, being able to to uh to have automated systems that can detect when when something is amiss. Has that given them an advantage here as uh, during this shift as more people have shifted to working from home, uh, do they have a, a little bit of a leg up?
0: Yeah, it's a really, really good point because, you know, technology is not driven by social distance and guidelines. We, you know, the companies that have fraud detection systems or online system or automated systems to identify suspicious activity, they can still look at the data. The data is still there. Everything relates to the data and if they have the right systems in place, then they're able to identify that suspicious activity within the data. The companies that are thinking about cutting back on that technology or not investing into that technology in the future, they're the ones that are gonna be on the outside looking in. The criminals are smart. These guys that are doing um, attempting fraud or committing fraud across the financial institution, they know which institutions resist it and which institutions don't resist it. The ones that don't resist it, you know, it's it's an easy target. They're going to go for them and they're not going to go for the ones that are resisting it. So technology does play a deterrent factor as well. What sort
1: of things are financial institutions learning as a result of this shift to to work from home and the social distancing and all those sorts of things? You know, are there lessons they're going to take with them when we come out on the other side?
0: Yeah, I do think there's a lot of lessons that they're going to be uh, that's going to drive us into the future. I think, you know, working from home is going to consistently be a more efficient way for organizations to do business. And and you know, that would be one of my recommendations for anybody out there is to redo your risk assessment. If you haven't done one, you definitely need to do one. But if you have done one, and you haven't done it in the past six months, you need to redo it because you need to really look to see what other risks are out there from people working at home. And it's not just the technology, it's the human factor as well. And one of the other things is is surveillance. You know, I think financial institutions have to put into place some surveillance technology to monitor the emails, monitor where the data is going and be able to block it right away through some type of mitigation process.
1: That's Dennis Toomey from BAE Systems.
0: The Wall Street Journal reports
1: that the latest settlement in Equifax's 2017 breach, $30.5 million, will mostly go toward a requirement that Equifax invest $25 million in upgrading its own security. So an adverse judgment can punish a company, but it's unlikely that any affected individuals are going to get rich from this kind of settlement. And finally, Sumit Gupta, founder of Beltrox, the Indian company Citizen Lab named in its report on hackers for hire, has told Reuters he did nothing wrong. All Beltrox did was help private investigators access email accounts when Beltrox was given credentials to those accounts. The snooping around environmental activist groups the Citizen Lab reported has gained a great deal of attention. But among the tasks Beltrox allegedly received from its customers— was assistance in seeing what law firms, investment firms, short sellers, and private litigants were up to. That's a pretty wide net. So who were the gumshoes and peepers who Mr. Gupta worked for? Well, if they did divorce work, they wouldn't be Philip Marlowe. Beyond that, well, there are a million stories in the Naked City. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust Plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com/zerotrustai. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? That's vanta.com slash cyber. And joining me once again is Joe Kerrigan. He is from the Johns Hopkins University Information Security Institute. He is also my co-host on the Hacking Humans podcast. Joe, always great to have you back. Hi, Dave. Uh, wanted to uh, uh, congratulate you. You recently had a uh, paper published. Yes. Uh, share with us uh, what's going
2: on here. So the paper is uh, written by me, and the uh, principal investigator was uh, Dr. Anton DeBora, my boss, Tony. Mm. And he and I worked on a developing a distributable cybersecurity course for community college students. And the goal of this course is to expose students at the community college level to, the, to a sampling of topics in cybersecurity. Hmm. Uh, in this course, the course is divided into four modules. Uh, the first module is offensive uh, security and forensics. And we talk about, uh, we have uh, Dr. Leschke, who is our forensics instructor, gives a really good uh, overview uh, lecture of forensics. I do a lecture on passwords and the history of passwords and how to crack passwords Dr. Lanier Watkins does two lectures, one of which is about how he brings down UAVs or drones, commodity UAVs and drones. Very mm-hmm. interesting stuff. The next module that we have is an Internet of Things module. Uh, we discuss what an embedded system is, and, and then we do uh, Internet of Things security for commodity Internet of Things. And then, again, Dr. Watkins does a, uh, a talk on uh, SCADA and ICS devices, which are uh, Parts of part of the Internet of Things, even though they're kind of separate, they're they're kind of very similar to Internet of Things devices and embedded systems. Mm. Uh, and then we have two modules: one on cryptography, which provides a good background of cryptography from uh, Doctors Matt Green and Abhishek Jain, and mm. then another module on blockchain, where Abhishek Jain again, Doctor Jane, walks you through the idea behind blockchain, the idea behind distributed consensus, and essentially how Bitcoin works. Uh, from soup to nuts, and uh, then one of our PhD students, who's now actually a, a doctor, Gabriel Kapchuk, walks the students through uh, other uses for blockchain technology, things like uh, auditing and microblogging.
1: So, what what uh, what's in it for Hopkins here to to provide this sort of stuff to community colleges broadly? Uh, what motivates you all to do that?
2: Well, of course, we'd like to see more people come into our uh, our ISI program, Dave. <laughs> right? <laughs> I that's <see>. that's <laughs> okay. That's so really it's what It's not we'd completely like.
1: unselfish. <laughs> no, no. I
2: mean, but generally, uh, there is a a consensus that there's a problem with uh, getting people into the field. Uh, I've talked here about how that problem may not be as big as it as it seems, but. We do we do need to get people interested in this field of cybersecurity, and we do need to make it available to as many people as possible. And that was really the goal was to to expose as many people as possible to these underlying theories or these these this broad sampling of topics in in the field, and hopefully show people that there are some interesting fields that they might enjoy. Yeah. Now, can you give me some
1: insights? So what's your experience with folks coming up through the community college pipeline versus uh, state schools or private schools, or are are are
2: we getting quality folks coming up through the community colleges? Absolutely, we get quality quality folks coming up through the community college. My son uh, started with a community college. Uh, he hmm. he started here with Howard Community College, uh, which is here in Howard County, Maryland, and now has uh, progressed on to a four year institution where he'll get his degree, hopefully at the end of next year it's a great way to start a college career and make it more affordable as well because a, a lot of a lot of these uh, community colleges have uh, enrollment agreements with other four-year institutions. So if you're a, a senior in high school or a junior in high school, actually you should probably be thinking about this in your sophomore or junior year, look at the community colleges and ask where they have transfer agreements to and see if you would like to go to some of those schools as well. Then enroll with the community college and and target with the target of going to that school uh, that four-year school, because when you graduate from that four-year school, you just get a a degree from that four-year school, right? Right. You don't. <laughs> nobody. Nope, nobody right. really knows or cares that you went right. to community college for two years. Right. Nobody um, cares where you started. They care where you finished. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. And then, and then once you once you have your uh, your four-year degree, uh, give us a call here at Hopkins or come <laughs> apply to the ISI program. Um... <laughs> Or heck, you, you know, trans- Joe. We you know we sell
1: ads, Joe. You know, right? You know, we- <laughs> I believe we buy ads, right? <laughs> you do, you do. All right. Well, before uh, my boss comes at me, I suppose it's probably a good uh, time to wrap up this segment. Uh, okay, Joe
2: Carrigan, can I plug the website? Sure. So, Why not? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> I want people to have this course. If you want to check it out, go to cybercourse, all one word, .isi.jhu.edu, and you can sign up for an account there and immediately download the course package, course material as one uh, zip file. Yeah,
1: that's a great opportunity because these are some high-level people uh, offering their insights and, uh, you know, teaching you some of these topics.
2: That's right, Dave. It's uh, a lot of our faculty are involved in this. I deliver a couple of lectures. Uh, We even have some people from the Applied Physics Laboratory talking.
1: That's right. That's right. All right. Well, Joe Kerrigan, thanks for joining
2: us. It's my pleasure, Dave.
1: Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry. You're not alone. they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of airpods pro don't miss out visit strata.io slash cyberwire that's strata.io slash cyberwire and that's the cyberwire
2: cyberwire.com slash survey to share your
0: feedback now.